Ask the GMs, episode 23, our best and worst characters. Hi, I'm at Zach from Ask the GMs podcast. Welcome you to another great episode where we're going to talk about RPGs and why we're great at them and why we're bad at them. Passing it over to RC. Howdy, everybody. I'm RC. Uh, glad to be back again and talking with you guys about the terrible, terrible characters we've ever played. Um, and want to do a little shout out to Cape Fear Games and the sideboard for hosting us whenever we're out there on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Um, yeah. Hope everybody uh, gives them a look at if they happen to be in town and support the local game group. Passing it off to Lindsay. Hey, guys. It's me. I'm back. Um, I'm excited to be here to talk about some characters I've made that are okay and some characters I've made that aren't aren't, aren't as okay. Um, so I'm excited, excited to be here and hang out. I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to Pat. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm glad everybody joined us this evening. We're here not only to talk about our worst, but also the very best of our characters. You know, the one that we've spent hours, maybe days brewing, and uh, we just role-played to our finest. Probably not, but... <laughs> um, but, Brian, how about you? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm excited like everybody else. Character creation is one of the big parts of gaming, so um, always have memorable characters one way or another. So I'm excited for that. Um, but I'll, I'll hand it off to Sean. Yeah, everybody has their greatest and their worst moments, and probably wants to forget the worst. Let's pass it back to RC. Well, uh, I'll admit it's been a little while since I've had the opportunity to play, really, whenever I joined this group about a year or two ago. It's the first time I've had the chance to in six or seven years. So I had some hard time. I had a hard time thinking about what my best and worst characters are, but I know that the worst one that I have in recent memory, despite the fact that he died in a really great way, uh, was Fetch, the um, the uh, World War the World War One veteran that we had in that little game that turned into a crazy hot mess. Um, he was he was an edge lord character from hell. Like, I, and second passing thought, I was like, yeah, this that was probably a bad choice for that character. Um, oh, was that the other thing about killing the, people uh, was that the one with the flare pistol? Yes, it was only really around for that one session and then died, so it was like, Yeah, that worked out. <laughs> what did we learn? Uh, terrible characters die in fantastic ways and really terrible. Like, I, was Polly a terrible character, or was Polly a great character? Polly's a great character. I was referring to what would you learn about pushing roles? Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Or counter-argument. Do it. You should do it. <laughs> oh, they are incredibly fun, pushing roles. Yeah, I, I, wonder, I often wonder the time clock if, say, there was a character you made and you pushed every single role that you had to make, how quick would it take for them to die? Oh my god, I kind of want to do that. That sounds like just a suicide run, almost. Yeah, yeah. I want to buy cigarettes. I'm gonna push the roll. 
have to, I push the roll. You 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 don't, you don't have to roll. I push it. <laughs> you don't smoke the cigarette. The cigarette smokes you. No, you just get like a, hit, hit by like a new Paul truck. You know, pack of palm <laughs> like the, a truck of palm oils. Oh, God forbid the Marlboro the Marlboro truck hit you and it's like, yes, I finally got all those miles. <laughs> Camel, drop that the sky on you. Not my brand. Um, and best characters. I mean, my best character in recent memory was a character I didn't even make. It was Polly, and it was totally by accident in a comedy game. Um. Well, that was the best comedy game because it wasn't intended to be a comedy game to start with. Oh no! Well, it absolutely started off. Well, RC, what did uh, you like no, about Polly? No, it did, like, it did not start off as a comedy game. I want to be very sure on that. <laughs> like, uh, RC, sell Polly to us as a character. Um, a man who was entirely driven by his id, his, his insatiable need for a trans-dimensional sandwich, and the needs of the sandwich as it lived within within him and made him want to eat more things that were close to sandwich-like. So oh, that's yeah. what the character became. Technically, in concept, he was the world's greatest detective, but he would just never get out of his cab. So he's just like, ah, Polly! And I did try to not get out of my cab. Like, I was constantly like, no, I've got to stay with the cab. Wherever I am, I'm going to get back in the cab. Well, the also, cab got blown up. and Also, the fact that you have many, many ex-wives. Yep. And a luck score of, of like 99 with the trait of lucky. Oh, wait. I think I saw Polly's uh, character sheet. Oh, yeah. No, he has like a I con did. of like 90 yeah, or 95. Yeah, yeah. So he, he can just eat like street food like it's nothing. Yeah. Yep. He also but, became a lizard. Yep. <laughs> well, near the end of that campaign, it was three characters it was Polly, the Irish conman, and the sandwich. And they were on a mystical journey through time. With the eighth trans, the eighth dimension trans-dimensional star charts that you got at the gas station around. Um... Completely accidental, but probably my favorite character for just letting me be weird, wacky, and goofy. And it kind of makes me want to be weird, wacky, and goofy with my future characters. Yes, please do. He sounds like the most character to character. He sounds great. I mean, he took his cab all the way from New York just to drive it around in L.A. Like he didn't, he didn't, he, he didn't like move and get a new cab. Well, he took we a dro- cab. <laughs> well, we drove from um, New Orleans. To- no, Kentucky. Remember, we drove from Kentucky to Russia <laughs> <laughs> with the cab. <laughs> And we also ended up in the 18th, 19th century eh, at the Battle of New Orleans. We ended up on an island off the coast of South America. We yep. ended up in modern New Orleans in an opium den. And then we also, then we, we finally made it to, to Kangusta. But it, there were quite a few pit stops along the way. Okay. Every time pushing the roll so for navigation with the map. And I, I like I shouldn't have failed my drive check, seeing as I had like an eighty-five in it or something. 
Failed every single one of them and ended up somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, he's like a wizard. He's never late. He's just around. <laughs> he'll get there when he means to. Yeah, he'll get there. Yep. He's never late. And Everyone co- else is simply early. The car will make sure he gets there. <laughs> well, the time that you got separated from us in New Orleans, where me and the other two were on the um, one side of the river and you were on the British side, got caught, tied up, and the cab creeped up on its back tires, walking like a human, using its front tires as like a posable thumbed hand Holy. to untie you who from the um, post that the British colonel had you tied to be ready to be flogged at. True horror. <laughs> but anyway, that, um, that reminds me of, um, oh no, Roger Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, who's Roger oh, yeah. Rabbit? That was what I thought too. But then yeah. a horror version of that is... Yeah, ooh. yeah. <laughs> well, then we got put back in time onto the same... We were shot off of a raft with a cannon. And Zach's like, choose a side, left or right. Three of us said right, and and RC said left. We ended up on the British side. We ended up on the American. So then, time he got released by the cab. Time actually rewound. We were back on the rack, and we got blown up. This time, we all chose the right side and went into New Orleans, only to be chased around the streets by werewolves. And we blew some stuff up in New Orleans, too, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, we blew up. Yeah, the church. We blew up the church, and then the time repeated itself when we were back on the raft, but it was modern-day New Orleans, and we arrived at, in 19, like, 25, you know, New Orleans. That's when we all went. Well, I at least went to the opium den. I don't know. All I want to say is, all this spawned from, why didn't you guys just take a train to California? Let's go Here down go. the New Orleans. Let's go down to Louisiana. <laughs> we were going to catch us. We were in Kentucky, so we Boy. got a river. We were going to go down one of the ships on the river. So, you know, it all the river from Kentucky, Cincinnati border runs right down into the Mississippi. We were navigating, man. Come on, where's your sense of adventure? We were Huck Finn. I mean, that's accurate, but I didn't plan for that. <laughs> and I just want to bring up the fact, because it's become standard lore for us in Call of Cthulhu now, the fact that it that river passing through Cincinnati may have had something to do with why everything went to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> it didn't help. Of course that, city. It didn't help that we were carrying two dead weights, either. Uh, pickles in jars. Pet rocks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Two pet rocks sat at the table. <laughs> so, needless to say, RC, you had probably a very fun experience with Polly, yeah? Yeah, and it, uh, this has been my general consensus for a while now, is that, like, as far as, like, coming up for backstories for characters, I'm terrible at it. I'll admit. And I'll play whatever character you throw in front of me, because sometimes random characters are just a blast to try to learn how to play a new role and just set into it and Polly was the backup character. Wasn't even my character, but probably one of the best role playing experiences I've had in a while. Yeah, and I'd say I've learned that myself too, is just sometimes take something that's not necessarily in your normal wheelhouse and you'll play something vastly different from what you're used to and find out that it's fun as shit. Right up my alley. 
So, Lindsay, do you have some of your best or worst characters, or maybe not even yours, in mind? Oh, yeah. I have a few here. Um, let's see. I guess I'll start with a favorite. Um, one of my favorites I've ever created, her name was um, Henrietta O'Shea. Um, she's the character that I created for our uh, Children of Fear campaign. Um, I think I like her so I well first of all that was one of the best role-playing experiences I've ever had um but I really like her because her story her backstory isn't like an you know extravagant you know I mean there are parts of it that are a little extravagant but it's uh Henrietta basically um really her story centered around her brother and their relationship um i don't know i really i really liked i really liked her a lot um one of my an- favorite things about that campaign is how ground to earth all the characters were like even rob for playing like knockoff frank sinatra he felt yeah. he still felt like a grounded person yeah he felt like a, a real a real person you know even though he yeah. was frank sinatra basically and I love um, the development or maybe the torment of Henrietta and how Zach's gaunt character really brought it home for pretty much everybody and saw how it kind of grew our characters with uh, us being tormented. Yeah, and tormented uh, with, yeah, with, you know, very key things, you know, as, you know, GMs are wont to do from our backstory or whatever. Evil very... Polaroid, please see that episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark with the evil video camera. Oh my god. When you and when you described it to me, I thought about that Goosebumps book too. Yep, that's another good one. Yeah. Say she's and die. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, but when you take a photo and it happens or whatever. Um, but it it was brilliant, Zach, because it really was, and that was that was you, right? That was all you added that, right? Yeah, no, Gaunt was mine, and then I spent a long time like picking like items for each character. Yeah, so basically, for Henrietta, it was a camera, um, because her brother was a war photographer. Um, and uh, it, there, were, there, were communica- there was some communication that came through the camera with her. Um, that, I mean, it was threats. It was threats against her brother and different things like that. Friendship but, notes, m- missing you... Friendly crossbows, misses. Scroll crossbows, scroll crossbows. <laughs> Hugs, kisses, XOXO, Gossip Girl. But I really loved Henrietta. I thought um, I liked her because she felt real to me. Um, and, I, and it probably helps I took something from me because I have an older brother that I'm close to. So I think that also helped. And I think that's why she means a lot to me. I like her a lot. I think that's one I did. I did all right on. I did all right on that one. Um, probably one of my not so great um, is probably, and I mean, I still love her because she's my first D and D character that I ever created. Uh, her name was Moira Astergrove. Um, but the thing about Moira was that I there was too much going on, which I think is something that new players are want to do. Um. Because she was, you know, she was a rogue. That was my first class. But she was like your classic, like, 
quick talking, like, you know, always trying, always with her when he come back, always trying to talk her way out of stuff. Like, I tried to make her, like, have a background in, on the streets, but also be a secret noble and, like, all of this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it was just way too many things going on. Mm-hmm. You went with uh, you went too wide with connections yeah. and I was trying like, to be yeah everything. I want to be everything yeah you can't be you gotta that's trying to where squeeze like three seasons of character development into a character that hasn't had like four episodes yet exactly 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 so that's I mean I still love her but it, it was definitely my first foray into making characters but I still love her um so that one was that one wasn't the best but. Um, and then another favorite, um, uh, was our Delta Green campaign. Um, her name is Sarah Hawk. Um, and, uh, she was the uh, art restorer consultant. Yeah. She was an art historian and, and restorer, um, who worked occasionally with the FBI and then was drug into Delta green, but she was someone who I, and, and I loved, I really loved the, the, that campaign. Cause I loved that it was started in the nineties. What was it like 95 or something? Like it was 95. Don't go chasing waterfalls was the yeah, hot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I also, I, I, I liked her because, and the cool thing about, the thing I love so much about Delta Green is the whole, um, uh, oh no. The bonds? The bonds mechanic, yes. Um, because it really, it'll really fuck with you. Um, (laughs) basically the bonds you can, you have a bond score with, you have a certain amount of bonds, you know, um, with certain people depending on, like a, a certain amount of people depending on what kind of character you build. Um, and you get, a certain score with each connection that you have. And then when you take sanity loss in the game, you can choose to brush off some of that sanity loss and siphon it from that score. And so, but then after you do that, you know, it's, it damages your relationship with them. Yeah. And and you got to play it out too. It's not just like, yeah, yeah. It's it. You immediately were like, We'll talk about it later if you want, but you have to tell me what 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 happened and then we'll figure it out from there. Um, but I think the strong the thing that was strong about Sarah was that I think I the bonds the, I, I think it would I made realist semi-realistic bonds, really. Like they were they were and that Zach decided to really <laughs> The thing I have to say about Delta Green over Call of Cthulhu is all the fallout. There's some fallout in Call of Cthulhu and Delta Green, like you're destroying families. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds to me like it goes to show that, you know, mechanically these bonds just add to characters. Because, like, if we go back to uh, your character, Henrietta, she had a strong bond there that Zach could use to enrich your character story so it sounds like delta green has that going well for it oh yeah it's yep zach was like all right (laughs) it's like here we go (laughs) thanks thanks for your provided hit list i appreciate it i appreciate it (laughs) but i think you know i think i really really like sarah um she was 
it was funny because in the campaign, I didn't know that there's a 20 year jump in the campaign that we played. So she started out as 30. And then at the end of it, I was 50. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, no, she was totally rad. And I really, I really liked playing her a lot. Um, and then another, and I think this was just a bad one. Um, my friends and I decided to run like an evil campaign, like an evil alignment campaign. And I, I struggled with that. And I think that's fundamentally why this character didn't work for me. Um, because I am definitely that person with like choice-based games where like, like, like you have like, like Mass Effect, you have the renegade choices and I'm always like, oh, I don't want to. You know, yeah, ru running an, an evil campaign takes like a certain cocktail of characters and like the, the game master being like, it's going to be a little weird than normal stuff. Yeah, and I played, I think the character that I made was not right. You know, I made a swashbuckler um, and I really wanted to kind of go, kind of get into like looking into homebrew stuff at the time. And so I was playing like a mouse folk swashbuckler for an evil campaign. It didn't really work. And so Wait. A mouse folk? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, was... <laughs> things like <laughs> things like Red Guard or uh or like um Redwall. Oh, Redwall. Redwall. Red yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking like Secrets of Nim, like this little mouse running I mean, out with rapier yeah, and going <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Redwall. <laughs> yeah, basically. And I was like, okay, maybe this wasn't the right Probably not the best idea when the Goliath's like, stomp, oops. Yeah, it wasn't the best choice for the campaign that we were in, and I just... Her name was Sloan, but Frisbee, but I... it just wasn't. It wasn't I, Man-Man. I, I see conceptually you wanting it, though, because to me, I'm thinking like Pinky and the Brain, and you're just the brain trying to take over the world. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there are history of evil mice. I just, I don't know. I think I just... I, I missed the mark, guys. I didn't hit it on that one. Yeah, um, it, it happens. <laughs> and then the last one for favorite that I wanted to talk about was one that was really not totally mine. It was really me and Zach, honestly. Um, which was our pulp, which was our uh, campaign with you, uh, Pat, which was uh, Annie Winchester. Um, <clears throat> Winchester which was the, yeah, which is the Winchester heiress. Um, basically, we were like, what if the Winchester um, daughter didn't didn't pass away in history? And so she's the Winchester heiress. Um, and I loved her just because, um, well, a lot of it because she's just over the top and can buy anything that she yep. wants. And I just thought for Pulp, that was just a fun it was really fun. And it was just, it was cool. And also, I like the fact that Annie, she was a pretty badass chick. Like, she was a great marksman. She was an ace pilot with her own plane. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, she's just a boss bitch, really. Yeah, yeah. She was, because <laughs> she was, at first, when Zach and I were talking about it, I was like, I think I want to try to be a pilot, like a, like a. Um, Sky, Sky captain of the world tomorrow. Yeah, that was the first thing that you said. And I was like, hell yes, pilot. And then I was like, I'm going to be a racing pilot. And then and then it just kind of like 
we just started talking about and then we were like okay winchester heiress because i was like how is she gonna afford a plane like how like, she literally has so much money no one can stop her and now so that's where that came from and so like it it kind of went from there because i was like because we were like pulp 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 what are we gonna do that's kind of because that's i think that was the first time i had played pulp i think and the other part of that that i like that you and zach did together is you came in as a pair with history and that connection between your characters just i don't know elevates the role role play but between y'all or you can bounce off each other or something like that yeah it's i like the connections can, yeah it, it, it's always nice when you have someone else at the table who you you know there's something going on well we almost mirrored that in ian's game where i was at least aware of your character yeah and then we're doing this negotiate i'm doing this negotiate with brian's character and i just met him and then Lindsay's character walks in and I'm like, yeah, the deal's changing immediately. Yeah. What? Like, yeah, the term's changed. It's like, why? It's like, uh, you're getting $2 and you're going to like it. Yeah, cause, and then Brian's character was like, it's just a lady that walked in. Like, <laughs> and uh, I, I know we didn't get to finish that. We finished, or we left off in Borneo where basically the dreamlands were kind of colliding with the earth in that area. And <laughs> I did have some dream sequences planned out for every single one of the characters. And um, I was pulling from, basically, you said your one of your best friends was your mechanic that worked on your plane. And I had, I had a whole dream sequence. I got it written down somewhere over here, but I was primed and ready to hit you with it. <laughs> yes. I love that shit. <laughs> I love that shit. But that's... That's about all I got, I think. Well, actually, I'll talk about one of my, the other worst. Just from, it was a uh, a barbarian, and I was going for the whole idiot barbarian thing. Um, like, dumb as a bag of rocks, like, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, it wasn't for a, she was great, but I loved playing her. But um, <laughs> initially, in the very beginning... It started off with like a dream sequence and we were stuck in like this labyrinth basically. And there were these crystals that we were that that were like floating and it was a part of a you know a puzzle. And of course I had her grab one of the crystals and smash it on the ground. <laughs> and I thought my friend Sam who was who was DMing was gonna murder me <laughs> at the table. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I pictured it. You needed that. Oh, okay, look at another one. It's like, there aren't any more. That was it. That's it. <laughs> that was kind of a critical thing to this campaign. Thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and I was like, I love you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still loved Pam, and we eventually got out, and it was fine, but... No, no, no. Don't take the evil ring off the... Like, no, don't put it on. It's like, oh, it's like, God damn it. <laughs> Ultimate now. <laughs> So yeah, so that's 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 it for me as far as the list goes. All right. Well, Brian, would you be so kind as to bestow upon us your best or worst characters? I would be happy to. Um, I don't have quite as many because I haven't been playing as long, and honestly, most of my characters have been pretty horrible. Um, but uh, 
I think as far as like my favorite, and it's crazy that I say this, but I thought about it for a while, and I think my favorite was probably when we were playing D and D, and I was uh, uh, playing Ednar Talen, my high elf rogue, um, and I think I just enjoyed it the most because I got into character almost every week. Um, not everybody enjoyed the character. Uh, I think RC did. I, I think we had a really good time, actually. I, I enjoyed RC's character in that because he was just the Warforged that didn't talk. So it was it was fun. You know, his chicken, also named Henrietta. Um, don't I don't think they're affiliated, but it's okay, great. No, they weren't. But, uh, no, I, I, personally, I felt like Ednar and uh, the Warforged had like a really good they had a really good like just comedy duo pair thing going on as the two not good people in the party but morally sound and still wanting to you know progress their own interests yeah um I uh I, I do I, I think uh you know, I think we challenged the quote-unquote good people in the party um, on moral questioning more than once, uh, saying, was this really a, a good action to do? Um, it was, so I enjoyed that, personally, because it was a little more cerebral. It was the first time I think I played a uh, less-than-savory character. Because um, we're skipping around that evil word, right? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of that evil word going around. Um, and, you know, it was just fun being chaotic. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I think I uh, I can say that I also very much enjoyed um, Annie from the Two-Headed Serpent campaign. Um, the duo of uh, Lindsay and Zach was, was pretty dope. I enjoyed the, the play there. Um, what about Stump? Stump, was, pretty, Stump was a little bland. Uh, almost a one-trick pony. Didn't didn't get to elevate as much as I wanted to with him. Um, but still hopeful that that might happen. Yeah, because honestly, with Stump, the whenever you created him, I was not prepared for a uh, psychic kind of character in my pulp campaign. I'm like oh shit, what are we about to get into with this? But then I found out that I loved it because then I could lean on your character for giving the party that extra little information that I can give in a fantastical way that they wouldn't normally get. And later on, I know um, Stump was very into the whole Sherlock Holmes books, and he had uh, that society that he was part of. And again, when we were going to go into those dream sequences in the dreamlands, I was going to lean on that. So that stump would have definitely grown, haha, pun intended. As, uh, <laughs> with his, with his 35 size. Now, Pat, psychic characters have never ruined Call of Cthulhu or Pop Cthulhu. Lindsay's character is Mother Teresa, and it's fine. Yeah. I think I they just add to it. I only use it for absolute, you know, I just help Power. people all the time levitating me into a bank to make them piss their pants while we robbed it. Mm -hmm. Yep, that was pretty awesome. 
There will be no that survival. Awesome. <laughs> it was a hoot coming back from the dead just to help you guys rob a bank. Now, Brian, I am going to let you know that you're going to hear a lot of Sarah McLaughlin music tomorrow because you didn't pick the best character. Oh, um, is that is that old TC, Mr. Charlatan? The man, the myth, the legend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whose original occupation was con man. Yes. And I'm very proud of that. Yeah, Tucker. Tucker is a. Uh, uh, I just I I wonder when Tucker is going to have his welcome worn out. That's that's it. I think that character is eventually going to get kicked out of somewhere. So, <laughs> <laughs> to be, do use him rather sparingly. Yeah. Yeah, I try to. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to do him too much. I don't want to overdo it and kill it. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I do think probably the one of the most fun I've had is as playing Tucker was that one shot we did where you gave me the gonk droid. And I just used the shit out of it. It was great. Oh my God, it was so that was fun. so fun. Murder <laughs> mystery. Uh, I've, oh. I've, so, I've solved the case. The giant capitalist did nothing wrong. He was the one that murdered. Did nothing wrong. Did nothing wrong. <laughs> did nothing wrong. Definitely didn't steal the murder weapon. Uh, you definitely didn't steal the murder weapon because the murderer is in this room. <laughs> <laughs> And the inner rank card says you can do whatever the hell you want. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it was a lot, yeah, I, like, that was, I I enjoy, like, the other days that it's just, like, obnoxious things are happening and everyone's just laughing. Most people are laughing. Not everybody's laughing. <laughs> um, but, yeah. With Tucker and certain person. Highly upset. Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. with the fact that you put a bullet to the back of his head, you know. I mean, I think the last time I played Tucker, he ended up like being possessed by Neurolithotap, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we we did cocaine off of a mirror and uh, killed the other two players. <laughs> Well, you killed two other players. My character walked out of there, you know. That's true, yes. That's right, I forgot you just, like, moseyed off. You were like, yeah, I'm done with this. But then again, I was like the mixture of, you know, Steve Martin's dentist character from um, Little Shop of Horrors and the child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, you know. As a German surgeon, you know. He was high on the laughing gas the whole time he was there. (laughs) Yes, he was. (laughs) I mean, I'm just disappointed that you resulted to murder instantly. I figured you were going to fuck around a little bit. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Tucker was high on cocaine. Do you think he had any kind of impulse control? I don't think I don't think the cocaine was needed for that to be. True. No, I don't think he. Ha- <laughs> You're right; it wasn't. Then you get flown from your house after just losing your job at uh, at Fox News. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> and also being told that the Tucker Carlson show made no money in advertising. Oh. Oh. 
Oh man, I, I mean, those are that's right that's up there with being a six foot six sub captain. U boat captain. <laughs> Got to so, be specific. So Brian, would you say Tucker is best or worst category, or both? both? I, I think he's <laughs> I like all of the it, above. Yeah, um, I enjoy it just for the shock and awe of me being able to pretty much say horrible things, and I don't have to rely on any character growth. So, yes. that's part of the best. <laughs> Well, it's, but the it's worst is, there's no character growth. You're just always the same. No, you're the same person. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what makes it so great is he's kind of a farce in real life. So putting him in like Call of Cthulhu oh, yeah. oh, just yeah. gives it this weird edge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Delta Green. <laughs> oh my God. Could you imagine a, a serious Delta Green game with Tucker? Oh God. <laughs> I go home and beat somebody. <laughs> Making his bonds would be interesting. In turn one. In turn two. Um, Ego. Tucker, <laughs> you know the interns are supposed to have, like in in game mechanics, the interns are supposed to have names. They don't. It's in turn one, in turn two. It's in turn one and in turn two. And those are you. their names. I gave them to them, you know, kind of attitude. <laughs> no, you just write down two different names and then that's not really their names. <laughs> It's oh, Lindsay, Lindsay, that's going to come up when I talk about one of my characters where I name someone hand and someone job. <laughs> and now, but the Tucker character also can choose as a bond, you know, would be his own ego. Well, yeah, that's a good one. I like the that. problem with that is that bond score would be like 99. I'm the greatest ever. Yeah. <laughs> Can't damage the bond. <laughs> well, that's because his, his ego is an elder god in disguise. Ba -ba -ba. That oh. Brian, if, is that all the characters you got that's, you want to talk about this evening? That's that's what I got. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get into mine. Um, I'm going to start with my first and worst. It was uh, my first time getting into RPGs. It was uh, D and D 3.5 edition, and uh, you know I was a big gamer in my youth. And so that kind of plays into what I did with this character and why, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I, I don't even remember this guy's name. I do know I was a dwarf and I was a dragon shaman, whatever that was. Basically, he kind of eventually turned into a dragon as he leveled up. And young me was like, oh, fucking dragons. Yeah, okay. <laughs> now, now, Pat, but, is uh, that... Fucking dragons, dragons, like exclamation point or comma, fucking dragons. <laughs> <laughs> fucking comma dragons. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. I'll, I'll let our li listeners uh, try and figure that out. Um, so we start out the game and, you know, our first encounter is goblins, of course, because, you know, what else are you going to do as level ones in D&D? Um, and then we go about killing them. And I guess this is why I say at a video game mindset. Whenever we killed him, I'm like, all right, yeah, what's the loot we're getting? And he's like, um, they have, like, dirty loincloths and rusty daggers. And I'm just like, shit, there's no gold or nothing? Like, what the fuck? You get, you, you get one whole copper between all of them. Well, not even that. <laughs> so young Pat was like, okay, well, I'm going to get something out of him. I'm like, hey, my dexterity is pretty good, right? And he's like, yeah. 
I'm like, well, um, would I use that to uh, skin the goblins? And he's like, uh, uh, <laughs> guys, I went Hannibal Lecter here, okay? Um, and then I was like, oh, would I use dexterity to like sew the goblins together, like their skins together into like a makeshift goblin suit? Okay, I thought you, I thought you were going something even weirder, just like centipede goblin scale lamp. Centipede Goblin Man. No, no, the human centipede wasn't out at this time. Remember, it was like 2005. Um, so I made this goblin skin suit for my dwarf dragon shaman, and uh, the way we were envisioning envisioning it at the table is my just big old bushy red beard was sticking out of the goblin skin's mouth, so it just looked ridiculous. Um, and then as we went along the campaign, I skinned every enemy we went up to. Um, so, so, it, so I got it. So got it. You just played psycho. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I had a, that's a leather, that's leather face. Campaign. <laughs> I, I could you not. This is my first character. I went full murder hobo as far as you can go without even knowing what a murder hobo was at the time. Did um, um, did you like ask any of them to put the lotion on the skin? No, 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 no. Okay, let's. No, let's our, our was on This was just a grubby little dwarf running around. I know we went to the troll's cave, and uh, he said there was like warg or wolf pelts and bear pelts on the floors and the wall. And I'm like, you know, skins is my thing at this point in time. So I'm like, great, I take them. And he's like, well, they're covered in dirt and shit and i'm like that's fine i don't care about smells so i was running around in bear spurs that smelled like shit well pat I, pat, I, pat I have to agree with you i don't care about smell anymore it's like you're already wearing the skin of a dead goblin smell left you a while ago <laughs> so it was part hannibal lecker part homeless man um oh, man. <laughs> and eventually my charades led me to an orc fortress. Um, I had orc skins prior before we got there. Um, th- of course, a dwarf can't full, fill up a full orc skin. So I had Are another party member with me do the whole, you know, kids in a trench coat bit. You did the donkey bit? I was going to be like, maybe you're like a baby orc. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> two of us stacked together. I had really high charisma. So, you know, I just knocked on the door of the fort and I'm like, yo, uh, I'm here to report that there's some guys down there at the bottom of the hill coming up here. And I, I, I think I rolled like an at 20 or something for my Christmas score and they were really fucking dumb orcs. So they let me in and then they put me on watch duty, threw a crossbow in my hand. So there I am staring out a window as my party's coming up the hill and I'm sitting there with my buddy thinking like, what the fuck are we going to do? About that time, we got found out because one of the orcs was scratching his head looking at us like, what the fuck's wrong with that guy? And uh, that's when the whole orc fortress said, yeah, we're going to ignore the party out front. We're murdering you two. (laughs) So that's how that dwarf and dragon shaman murderer hobo uh, met his demise. And that's probably one of my worst characters because he didn't have any backstory. Maybe he had goals. Um, I'm pretty yeah. sure if you live long enough, you would just become a Drugar for how evil that guy sounded. <laughs> I was probably dirty enough to look like 
Okay. Now, I'm going to try and move over to one of my favorite ones that I've ever played. Uh, this one goes back to our Children of Fear campaign that Lindsay was talking about earlier. His name was uh, Hassan Akram. He was a Bedouin, which is basically an Arabic nomad. And uh, he lived in the lost city of Petra. Uh, if you don't know, that's like a real place. And uh, he was. Uh, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade shows Petra off. Yeah. In a fantasy way, but at least that's what it kind of looks like. And um, what he did is he was a merchant and he was a guide on the Silk Road. Um, so then, you know, we started our campaign in Siam, China. And um, basically, as far as the character goes, I feel like he was, I don't know, the most different and kind of humbling character to for me to play. Um, he was inspired by the Ardeth Bay Medjai character from um, uh, from the Mummy, the Brandon Fraser Mummy yeah. ship. Yeah, and uh, that was I was I mean even when we were doing it, he was like my picture in there. Yeah, and um, I. On the side, I was learning a little bit of Arabic so I could roleplay him better and uh, learning custom. So as a person, he, you know, gave me more knowledge to play him. And, uh, and the other thing about Hassan Akram that I loved other than just learning about, you know, Arabic people is that I played him as a very kind character that was willing to participate and defend the group he had a lot of honor and a lot of selflessness and um probably one of the moments that like drew me or that was probably a highlight for me as far as rping in my career at a selfless moment where basically we had a very bad call cthulhu monster called a star vampire that was threatening our group and it was, you know, super bad situation. So Hassan took it upon himself to basically give it a dynamite hug and like yeah. blow it all up on himself. It was amazing. It was like so, in the middle of a marketplace. It was like, oh, it was so good. It was great. Yeah. And uh it was it was just insane because um I, don't know. I, I also I also recall that combat not going well before that happened. No. No, and it kind of it worked out, and the roles worked out with it too as well because Rob had basically got his hand grabbed by this cloaked figure with a clay mask on, and he couldn't budge free. And you know, crowded marketplace. You know, we were kind of hesitant on letting guns um, go off. And but you know, gunfire did ensue because what are you going to do? Rob eventually breaks free, and basically crowds dispersing and running. And it's like, oh shit, oh shit, what are we going to do? And um, at the time, I in in real life, I was uh, about to go on a outage, and I wasn't going to be available to RP much anymore. So I was able to come out of the crowd, you know, to try and seize the moment. And uh, then some insanity shit happened and it turned my guy into like a bloodthirsty berserker. And that was the best thing to do at the moment. 
Yep. <clears throat> it was awesome. It was. And it affected everything from then on. Including yes. one, of, one of your legs kicking one of our Greg's like in the face. Yeah. After, after you exploded. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, also, me and Lindsay's character, Henrietta, we were like developing a friendship as we were traveling along the Silk yeah. Road. Yes. And were, yeah. Yeah. That we was really Yeah. Yep. Oh, and I had another interesting moment where, you know, it was kind of humbling for me. We were um, in, what, where was it? In India? In Peshawar? Peshawar? Yep, in India. Yeah. And um, uh, Rob's mentioned it a few times before, but me and Lindsay, you know, try and go into uh, an English gentleman's kind of club, and I'm turned away. And, like, I'm legit pissed off. I'm like, what the, what the fuck? And it's yeah. just like, yo, you're not white and you don't have status here. So yeah. good. Before, before we even like before I was like, I'm not going to be able to get in there. But because <laughs> I was playing, I was playing Henrietta. So I was like, <laughs> but then we went and got we, we, our characters were like, fuck it. We're going to go get kebabs. Fuck this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was just a moment for me. I was like, oh, fuck. I just experienced racism. Oh fuck! <laughs> yeah, you're like, what the fuck? And everyone was like, "Yeah, man, nah." This sucks. Yeah. yeah, that was um, an interesting moment as a player playing um, a character of a different race for me. Um, let's see, a character that I've enjoyed recently, and I'm trying to bring to light a little bit more, has been my character his name is filch finnegan he is a gnome fighter that's got decks he collects curios uh curiosities and um collectibles basically he's a little charlatan he was kicked out of his village of um it was near the temple of elemental evil was it crond hill gnomes that is correct yeah basically it was Killed out of, uh, or not killed, he was run out of town because basically he was starting fires and he stole all the fire buckets and were selling them back to people for like 10 times the markup. So he's a little shitlord. Um, and I just loved trying to play somebody that was super mischievous and uh, basically everything in his spell kit was all about deception or self-preservation. He didn't, you know, I had a spell expedious retreat where it would triple your movement speed. And I remember one time, like things were going South in the temple of elemental evil. And I'm like, fuck this shit, cast that. And like speedy Gonzalez out of there. <laughs> so I just, I just enjoyed playing a little shit Lord. I enjoyed that character too. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was short lived, but it was fun at the time. And I, I wish I'd saw seen more of you uh, playing Edgar there, uh, Brian, especially since you seem to like him so much. Yeah. Um, you know, if we ever go back, would be, I'd be okay with that. No, uh, but the, you, um, using the, like using RC's character to talk to the ogre giant thing was uh was pretty ingenious and I was uh, I was 
blown away. That was really cool. I love there. Um, there was that. I think it was a dead guy, like in a. He was in um, a casket holding a sword, and I was just like, "Stand back, everybody! I've got this!" And I'm, you know, a little three foot gnome, and I, I just walk over top of him, stand on top, roll up my sleeves, snap my. Uh, apparently, I had suspenders on. Snap my some suspenders, and but all right, let's do this. And try one time and fail miserably. Like, nope, can't be moved. Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as it turns out, it was an amazing sword. From what Zach was saying. That you guys never got. And um, okay. last character I would probably like to talk about is he's a nobleman. His name was Felix Jaeger. If you ever read Go Trek and Felix, you know where I'd got that name from. And uh, he was the son of a noble banking family in Outdorf. This was in the Warhammer setting. And um, what was most fun to me about playing this character was a noble youth experiencing outside wor- a world, outside of nobility. So it's like, oh, yeah, get me to the darkest, shady spots. I want to party with, you know all the low life and rabble and stuff like that. You were also one of the two characters that had the mythical ability to read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turns out reading helps in there. Um, other, other things about that character that I really enjoyed is uh, I started out with a manservant named Carl. And uh, basically he was, his father was indebted to my father's, you know, or to my family. And so his father gave him to me as a manservant to pay off his debts. And so having this noble youth with this basically kicking bag that uh, Zach was RPing for me was really enjoyable because, you know, anytime I I say get dunked in the sewers because we're going after Skaven, you know, he's scrubbing me in the bathtub. Or it's like, yeah, I'll carry y'all's luggage and like Carl, carry, carry this shit. <laughs> and uh, when Zach was RPing him, he was usually ended up with an eye roll or some uh, grumbling, like minor shit talking behind our back, which was always fun. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it, it made for a lot of fun scenes, you know, just like, oh, yeah, let me use my nobility to get through these checkpoints or talk to these high lords because a lot of our group, they weren't nobility, so. You know, whenever interacting with nobility, you aren't going to get fucking far. It definitely helped. Yep. Because, RC, I don't think they really want to talk to you with your wolf pelts and whatnot, huh? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was an honored priest of the area that we were in. (laughs) Yeah, actually, you got more more traffic than uh, probably some of the other players. Our, uh, Pat, our literal bandit Pat. highwayman. Yeah. Pat, you got the most track because you knew Luigi. Yeah. Oh, Luigi, I, I both love and loathe him. <laughs> but yeah, that's all, with I... all the nobles. Well, he's sleeping with all their wives, so that's how you can get in good with him. <laughs> and you know what? I'm not selling him up the road for it. Although, uh, 
after what got pulled on me and uh, my distaste for Middenheim, I might, uh, I don't know, if Felix ever ran into Luigi again, he might, he might pull something on him. Maybe. But it was a life lesson for Felix, because, again, he was playing a young man, and, you know, it was cool to see, like, okay, as my character is growing, my character is learning about the world. And I did make a whole lot of choices that were probably would be looked upon as, like, uh, what would you say? Like, rash? Zach? Rash, a little stupider, a little brazen, but also, also like, you're, like, 17. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember one of the players at the table just telling me, like, your character is such a snooty, pretentious asshole. I hate him so much. And I'm like, well, I'm RPing him well then. Yep, you're doing your job. Yep. I didn't realize he was 17. Yeah, he was 17. Wow. I was basically, um, I was doing my holiday between school and going to so RC as I as I was riding away from Middenheim back towards Outdorf with y'all's uh, fancy cart, you know, flipping the bird at the town. Um, I was probably going to college. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> but that's all I have for um, probably best and worst, and you know, some some might think of my best as the worst, or so on and so forth. That's all perspective. But that is all I've got. Well, Sean, I know it's been a while since you've been playing, but do you have any new characters you'd like to tell, talk about that's your uh, best or worst? Well, I mean, you always have your first characters that kind of fit the realm of both worst and best and stuff. Uh, um, my first character for the game we were talking about off the air earlier was um, Yerith, who was a RuneQuest um, villager kind of thing, armed with a spear and a shield and stuff like that, got eaten by a ghoul while exploring a ruined tower along the road. But it lit the fire under me about how much I love the RuneQuest setting. And stuff. I mean, the character lasted a whole three hours. Whereas we were playing, now mind you, this is 1984 we were in high school so in one of the classrooms at the school we were playing RuneQuest there and stuff but that love led on to then one of my favorite RuneQuest characters was Dorthal all the barbarian shaman who participated in the raid on Ballastor's barracks in the city of Pavis and and he ended up dying at the hands of dark trolls and such but again and you know it was it just cemented more love but as i said most of my time has been spent behind the screen not in front of it and D D wise i have to go back to 1986 to find a character that i played in and that was first edition and he was the 12th level thief acrobat named afton Boy which the name is actually stolen from, I believe it might be the D-series module, Descendants of the Earth, is the name of one of the Thief characters in there, and I stole the name from there. 
but he went on to um, great wealth and retired and opened a tavern because we were raiding a storm giant, not storm giant, a cloud giant fortress. And he um, grabbed a door after he had checked for traps and the dungeon master described it as, well, you see him break apart into little particles and just sparkle on the floor before they go out and you see him no more. And everybody thought, oh, he's dead. You know, 12th little character just died. But that wasn't uncommon in AD&D. You could easily die, even at 12th level, just by one missed saving throw or something. Come to find out, though, the DM takes me aside a little later, and he's like, oh, you're alive. And he said, you're in um, the treasure room, basically. See? And But all the rest of the party thought I had been disintegrated and left and hightailed it to another part of the dungeon. And tried to find them, couldn't. So I went back to the treasure room, took all the treasure back to town, and bought a tavern. Hell yeah. Fired. <laughs> Love it. I was, like, That's awesome. I was like, you guys are going to abandon me? Fine. <laughs> you can have a drink on me. <laughs> well, it sounds like... You can have a drink one on me. One. It sounds like one of those situations where it's like, if, any, if the DM takes you aside, it's usually always fantastic. <laughs> Oh, no. No, no. Call of Cthulhu, it's never been good. <laughs> the DM takes his <laughs> Or hands you a sticky note. It's like, oh. oh or sticky my, notes. My, my favorite more recent one is like, oh, you're not rolling damage. No, I'm describing what's happening to you. What do you mean? It's like, it's like oh, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. If I were burst from your chest. <laughs> um, that doesn't sound good. No. Another character that I really liked was your now, this is a game that I don't think many of, any of you have played, which was Star Frontiers, and he was a Drosselite. And a Drosselite are humanoid amoebas. They're slow, they're thick, they're strong. They're kind of the game's version of dwarves, but they can flatten themselves out. They don't have genders. They, every so many decades, will bud and drop off a youth and... <laughs> Keep on moving, kind of thing, and but the Drosselite have an infatuation with human comedians, especially older ones. So my character went around, you know, quoting Jerry Lewis lines all over the place in outer <laughs> space while ripping away with his laser pistol, well, his stretchable fists and such. And then the other final character that I really loved in the past is, um, was. Skip Harrison, he was in a game of gangbusters. He was my reporter character. And he got the scoop on some bank robberies. He was just a fun character to play because he wasn't a combat character. But modern times, for all you youngsters out there, I would have to say my favorite characters right now have been and um, The Sandwich and... Um, with Polly and also the Irish comic kind of worked as a duo. I haven't laughed as hard in a game I mean, since though, the Polly and the sandwich routine doing with D and I. So, so let me get this point on because I wasn't there. You were the sandwich? He was the voice it, of the sandwich. The and voice it was the... like it was in it was improv night. Hey. Because half of the party was 
not doing anything, put it bluntly. <laughs> and we, Arthi and I were left to carry all the weight of the whole campaign. <laughs> I mean, your We're game master, your game master appreciated it because he was busting a gut the entire time, which you know didn't help move the game very quickly. But enjoyment was had. Oh yeah, it made it fun. And instead of sitting there going, "Okay, what are you going to do?" No, I don't care what you did. What are you going to do? No, no, no. Tell me what you're going to do. I'm gonna not understand why the elevator doesn't work because it doesn't. It doesn't ascend when I hit the button. But I don't speak Russian. Now, when you sat down at the table, did Zach go, hey, would you like to play a sandwich? How, how oh, did no. it come up? I just picked it up. Naturally. Because... Natu- natural comedy. <laughs> yep. He said, um, the sandwich starts talking to you. And that's when I broke into, Polly, Polly, what are you doing? Hey, you need to eat me again, Polly. You'll feel better. Stick me in the mouth of the deep one, Polly. I'll choke him to death. (laughs) Polly, you shouldn't drink this much coffee. It's really dark and wet down here in your stomach right now. And it went from there. And it just got crazier. R.C. kept feeding me good lines. Yeah, think of him like Jiminy Cricket, except for disgusting and weird. (laughs) And also living inside of my stomach. Yep. (laughs) Did you have another character at the table, Sean? Yeah. I was also the the Irish con man that kept changing his accent all the time. You know, we are in the cold country now, so yeah, comrade, we we, we are Russians. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, at the gas station. Listen here, y'all. Well, this ain't a good situation to be in. I'm here to pick up this gentleman by the name of Levi. And you all are telling me you don't have him, and the boss said he's here. Now, what am I supposed to do except shoot you in the face with my shotgun? <laughs> so an Irish woman with the multiple personality disorder. <laughs> no, no, just multiple cons. Yep. I need to. Right. You see, he, he was able to move about and do all of this while standing there, there, hawking his way through everything. While also shooting everybody and fighting off a Cthulhu elephant creature at a gas pump with a shotgun and a grenade. Hey, it wasn't bloody pretty, you know. <laughs> I got a, a, mighty, a mighty a mighty jetpack had its one of its uses used in that situation. Oh god. The only only because the game master literally had to almost I, I think the game master was almost going to get up and twist the player's arm behind their back to force them to, to uh, activate the jetpack. I mean, or he was going to die. Yeah. Zach, I know a way around that. You could have made it like a faulty jetpack where it just turns on randomly at maybe the most inconvenient times. Don't tip me, Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. we had we had plans if that went on much longer. But we ended up all getting eaten by a thagwa. It worked out. Yeah, that that'll end some plans. <laughs> well, but during not... our our drive from Kentucky to Tangusta uh, via the Mississippi River and the eighth dimension transitional map, the interspace map, uh, we um, ended up in a zone, and I got accepted as one of the um, chosen of a thagwa 
So I was always cool no matter what the outside temperature was. And I would live forever as long as I didn't meet an untimely end from some external source. And then in Tagusta, I suffered a 95 sanity point loss. That's when I was at like 40 sanity. And so I went negative 55 on sanity and Bagua burst in my chest and ate the party and all the cultists. So we actually kind of completed the campaign and won. But <laughs> if Bagua choo choo choosed you. <laughs> oh, I was nominated. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you definitely had some fun. But oh, it was a blast. It was making last... the best out of a bad situation. Yeah. Last and certainly not least, Zach. Can you tell us some of your worst and best characters? So for my worst bunch, looking back, it was the fact that I had expectations for the system I was playing in that weren't there but I was also super new to role-playing, so that's on me. I'm like trying to force the system to do something it wasn't. A couple examples, I played a Dorvan Paladin in 4th edition. I had an Urgosh, that's the famous dwarf weapon that's the half-axe, half-spear. And all I wanted was plate, like, plate armor, and that's why I chose to be a Paladin when I should have just been a fighter, because all I wanted to do was hit stuff. I didn't really care about any of the lay on hands or anything. But I made it a super big deal, and I don't know why. That like I really wanted that plate. Hey, the heart uh, wants what the heart wants. Oh, no, I learned. It took me a long, long time, but I learned. Uh, the next character, I played Bo Derek, the Bodek. I've played this character more than once. Um, it's a mistake. Like, it's hilarious, but it's a mistake. For those who don't know, Bo- Bodaks are very dangerous. I think the 5th edition one is probably the safest one. Earlier ones, they would just stare at you and you'd lose D10 levels. So, Dad, what, like, did they, what did they visually look like? Uh, they kind of look like a, like a cross between a xenomorph and a human, like a really pale human. They're like I think gray mega, alien, but really tall. Okay. They're, they're mega evil, mega undead, like that's the part of the problems like his plan is like, okay, detect evil is going to go off all the time around you. You can't go in sunlight. And depending on the, the addition or not, you might have an aura that makes people lose HP. There's also, Hey, you're as a player character, you're going to be able to either drain 10 levels or in some additions you drain uh, 10 stat points. And I mean, total, not like from one stat, but it's like, you're going to give a player character. That's like, that is, you can just murder almost anything. If you can drain D10 out of someone's stats. So it was just bad whenever you were like running it, like I'm assuming with your party mates. Yeah. The fact that you have to be evil, all those other negatives, like sunlight hurts you as a Bodek and certain additions, you just explode. So like I have to be some kind of rag monster. Like it's just a mistake. Like playing monsters is fun, but you have to have the right game master. And the first time, I, I don't think the, the game master that like, let me do that was like prepared for that. And the second time, I forced a different game max master to let me do that, and it was a mistake then. So once again, it's me like forcing something that doesn't actually work. And then in a system we haven't mentioned, uh, 3.5, which is the coast, had the Star Wars license, so they had a Star Wars edition based on 3.5 edition. I played a clone trooper, but I was really, really buff, and I wanted to grapple. 
And we're talking about an addition and a setting where grappling's not a thing. There was like one weapon for it in like the whole book. It's like, it's like brought knuckles to a blaster fight. Yeah, so like the system didn't reflect it. There were almost no feats for it. So pretty much I just gave the Game Master a whole bunch of work. A couple other ones. I played Mutants and Masterminds. This is an early edition of Mutants and Masterminds. This must have been about 2006. I wanted to play Doctor Strange, and that's a very difficult system in terms of like there's a lot of points moving around when you're making a character. And at least in the core book, Doctor Strange is not something you could run well. Like you'd have to like steal a whole bunch of powers from like different skill sets to get even kind of what you wanted, like flight and like magical ability. So it never worked out. So pretty much it's me learning like, no, Zach, be aware of what the system can actually handle instead of forcing the system to do something else. At least for my bad characters. Though I do like the name Bo Derek the Bodek. Fantastic. That was pretty good. <laughs> well, what about some good characters? Yeah, so for my good characters, there's David. He was a chaotic evil diplomat. RC's aware of him. Uh, so he's he's out like on the outer fringes of the galaxy in Starfinder. And he's, you know, officially he's there to smooth things over. Unofficially, he's there to like make things worse. Like if there's not a conflict, he's gonna start a conflict because he's all into helping people smuggle, do human trafficking. Because he's like a real sack of crap. Like, he's an interesting face character because he's really, really social in a lot of ways. But his, the face he shows everyone in public is the horny bard. Uh. He's like, hey, baby, and all this other really nasty stuff. But behind the scenes, he worships Narlathotep and he's getting ready to like smuggle people to be sacrificed. Wow. He was the character when we, we crash landed on a necromancy planet and let, let everyone know hey, we're the boner inspectors. Yep. And RC was hand and our other player was job. <laughs> and I was great at everything that was a social skill, but as soon as we got into combat, I was like, man, I am gonna miss everything on Earth. But it's but, okay, yeah. RC as as our combat character also missed everything on Earth. It's like, got it, we can solve every problem that isn't combat. Didn't we didn't we rewire a train or like a hovercraft or something to shut it down and then we made a bomb out of a canteen and shotgun shells? Like there was all kinds of weirdness. <laughs> yeah, no, like I I hacked like an entire like hover train like transport ship with like a PDA. Cause I rolled like a twenty-six. Nice. And then we MacGyvered together two batteries. 50 shotgun shells in a canteen into a low-yield explosive and about killed a couple of our captors with it. Yep. Turns out, shooting the person, no, we can't do that, not even with a shotgun. Randomly blowing them up with some MacGyver explosive, we can do that. I, I vaguely remember you saying that um, there was a group of Roombas that just wrecked y'all. Oh, they whipped the shit out of us. So, Pat, you know how we, we discuss how D&D combat's really, really long? Mm hmm The two hours of Roomba fighting. Oh, my God. <laughs> you like, like, Vietnam flashbacks? <laughs> my character started that scenario naked and had to go, like, find his gun, like, in a crate. 
Because at the start, I figured, hey, I'll kind of dodge combat because one of my abilities is not in the face. It's literally called not in the face. And I figured RC is a soldier with a shotgun. He's got to kill at least one of these Roombas within four <laughs> rounds. Round like 25 or whatever, That's they finally died. <laughs> oh, no, Lindsay, there were, there were backup Roombas. They just left. They're like, these other Roombas have it. This combat is so sad. We're just going to continue <laughs> patrolling the ship. One room was like, yeah, you got this covered. Yeah, I'm, we I'm, were just having to go get I'm a snack. Good. You know it's bad with the DMs. It's like, no, the other, the other 30 golems just leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be the most defeating thing ever. It was, uh, yeah, it was pretty sad. They're like, uh, I'm next, bored. <laughs> next up is a character that's been mentioned before, Jonas. He was my partner character to Lindsay's character. Described in a lot of ways. Uh, he's killed He's killed every type of man on every continent but Antarctica. And he's about as nice as a rattlesnake with a sunburn. You get to live just because he hasn't changed his mind about the subject. Uh, he's based on a combination of characters. I would go with The Quick and the Dead. If anyone's seen that movie, that would be based on Gene Hackman in there. Also, Gene Hackman in Unforgiven. Two great Western that. movies. I love that movie, too. <laughs> hey, he's fun just, play, just playing like pure bastard. Yeah, yeah, he is pure bastard. We do need to run a Western campaign or something. Yes. Sorry. And then two of my <laughs> more recent characters are John the Hammer O'Malley, who's Pretty much a smuggler, so it's anything for a buck. The only issue is, like, Ian's let me do whatever... He hasn't, like, let me do whatever I want, but, like, okay, I'm gonna just do stuff, because I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm gonna rob four banks. How many... Yeah, you're like, I'm gonna rob a bank. I'm gonna rob banks. And Ian was like, banks, sir? And you were like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna literally... I'm gonna buy with fake money, like, laundered, like, laundered fake counterfeit money from the CIA four dump trucks and hire 20 guys out of Boston and buy a whole bunch of shotguns at like a sporting goods store. Well, Zach, how are you going to give us all the money? Well, Lindsay's going to levitate me and they're going to piss their fucking pants. <laughs> and Bostonians will do that. Oh, no, we're in Arkham. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying guys from Boston, I grew up around. They are just nuts to grab a hold of a project like that. And it's okay. All the cops in Arkham were busy with an explosion and shoot up with the, at the school, which Brian helped out at. <laughs> Poor Brian. I tried to help out. I mean, I helped, but uh, I didn't Brian, get away with it. Brian, yeah. what, have, what have we learned about Thompson's, uh, Thompson machine guns? What have we learned? Oh, um, uh, add points to semi-machine gun? If you're going to use them, yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't know I was going to use it. I found it and just carried it with me. I mean, how can you just leave a Thompson sitting there? And it's like... Yeah, Pat, yeah. He, got, he got into a massive shootout with the cops. Oops. <laughs> yep. And I didn't hit until I used my 1911. <laughs> so, Ryan, you were involved in a school shooting? Question. Uh, School shooting, the failed throw of a Molotov that lit the car on fire, and then the car <laughs> kamikazed into the theater building. Yep. Uh, Hopefully it was Rob's car. Yeah, yeah. 
And really, we were like about to get away until somebody like walked up to Thaddeus and was like, "Hey, you're this guy." And uh, Thaddeus blew him away, point blank, and all the cops came running. Yep. <laughs> the he last was like, one... Dan, I blow him away. And everyone was like, okay. <laughs> and my last character is my newest character from last Tuesday's game at Cape Fear Games. Big Smooch Flanagan. Moses Flanagan. He's a, he's a thug from originally from New York. He's living in South America. He's dying from stomach cancer. But right now he's on this train up the Chilean coast and there's a whole bunch of people on that train that think they own it when they don't realize they don't. I was polite enough to check out these you know, shady guys who might be in the same kind of business I'm in and they're all whispering and watering in, in the dining car and two of his fellows get up so I politely walk over, sit down, move all the plates and food over to me and have a conversation with the man. He apparently thought that I was rude, and I let him know I'm going to give him the big kiss goodnight later. That's how he became Big Smooch. What's your con on that character? Uh, my appearance on that character is 20. My con on that character is 25. <laughs> which is why, like, thematically, I went with he has stomach cancer. That makes sense, like, that, <laughs> that low of a con. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, he really shouldn't be a, a thug. He has like an education of like 85 and like an intelligence of 80. Wow. Which like in game terms means like he almost has like a doctorate. Well, he might could be a thug boss. But either way, it was real fun just playing that character. I, I basically just thought of the scene from uh, not No Country. Oh, There Will Be Blood where I'm just like, I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. <laughs> just sitting in front of the guy, just moving his glass over in his food. I was like, what are you doing? It's like, whatever the fuck I want. Well, I would like to thank everybody for giving us your best or worst characters. It was fun to hear about it. And we are sure going to have more in the future as we role play together. And uh, yeah. Zach, would you like to talk about next week's topic and what our listeners should expect? Yeah, join us next week where we cover player character and player nature archetypes. So these are the archetypes that either players can play, whether that be the rules lawyer as the person or the character archetype of maybe the murder hobo. We're going to go through some classics. And thank you for listening. Night, everybody. Night, everybody. No. Not bad for now. <laughs> <laughs>